This is the Impact Church Podcast. Here at Impact, we believe a powerful word at the right time can help you overcome any challenges you are facing. Wherever you are listening or whatever you're going through, we pray this message speaks exactly to your need. Enjoy. Well, praise the Lord this morning. Go ahead and take out your version app. We're going to jump into the word today. It seems like God wants to say something to you all. God has been speaking to us in the month of, I guess, started in July or June when pastors started talking about hearing the voice of God. And then Elder James backed it up and said, what did you after you heard the voice of God? And then you had Dr. G, my girlfriend, my friend, my sister. She talked about having faith in the middle of a crisis. And wow, was, I, was at, I was watching it on live stream going, whoa, preach. I was texting her, girl, preach that stuff. Sis, you got this. And this morning, I'm going to follow it up with answering the call. Answering the call. Because God is saying something. You know, when you hear something more than once, And it's a confirmation. You know, the Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word should be established. So it's not just the first time, but sometimes it's that third. God is trying to tell her something. And so you go, yeah, God, you're speaking. And so God is speaking to us. And so uh, there's something he wants to do in this hour. He's doing something in this season. He's doing something in this house. So I want you to pull it down for you. Whatever it is that he's speaking to you, because how he speaks to me, it may come out differently, and each of you may hear whatever it is he's speaking to you. So I pray this morning that you hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Amen? So I'm talking about answering the call. And so recently I had a a funny reminder of how things were when I was grown, growing up. And this is helping me to recognize that there's an age gap that I never, ever wanted. Uh, I, I realized that when I was teaching one about, maybe about 10 years ago, how differently children are and how they learn differently than the way I was taught. You know, when I was taught, you would sit on a circle and you would have the teacher reading you a story and you would be sitting there like this. And then all of a sudden, one year, The kids were like, I don't know what you're doing, but I am not doing that. And so while I was reading the story, these little boys over here were fighting this one over here, and these were rumbling over here, and and I was like, something wrong. And this is in kindergarten. And I went, huh, I need to change up my strategy, and I need to do something a little different. So that's when I first realized there was an age gap or a generation gap. But I'm gonna tell you a little story that happened. Um, when I was a child, um, my parents, my father had this big, big bellow of a voice. And we had a two-story house, and so he would bellow when he would want us. He would say, Mona! And he only had to say it once at first. But when he did it, it was like the house felt like it was shaking. And I, I don't care what I was doing, if my room, I would answer, yes, and he would call me again if he didn't hear me. 
he would go, I would go, yes. So let's say the first time I was doing something. And I just said, yes. He didn't hear me. So then he would call me again. Now it's getting a little bit more. He's calling me a little louder. And I go, yes. But then, when that third, by that time, listen, that bellow came and he called my name. I knew my response, and he trained me this way, was to go, yes! <laughs> my job was to respond. My job was to acknowledge not only that he called me, but I heard and I was ready. And he called me. He would, I, I remember it so clearly. I don't know when he taught me this, but I knew. Now, let me, I said three times. Let me tell you. In my house, it wasn't three. See, I could have said yes that first time, but he was still calling me. And I was saying yes the whole way through till I got down the 13 steps that I counted and into his presence, whether he was in the den, the living room, the kitchen, or outdoors. Because I continued to respond to my father's voice. And that was the, the relationship we had. And that was just something you knew. When he called you, he didn't call you often. But when he called you, you moved. There was an action that took place. There was something that it was requiring me to do. He wasn't just calling me to say, hey, there was a reason he was calling me. And so my job was to respond. And so all of us, as we're, we're looking at the word of God, I want to, you know, just remind us that, you know, when God is calling, there's a requirement from us. So here, let's look at the book of Exodus. So um, what brought it back to memory was that, uh, you know, even that whole thing about answering the call was that recently I was around children, and even at school, you know, I'll look at children, and they're like kindergarten, and I'll say, I need you to stop that. And they just look at me like, and then they go right back to what they were doing. Did I not just speak to you? But they don't say a word. They don't acknowledge it. They just do what they were doing. What? And that's when I knew there was a gender gap. Because that was not acceptable in my day. When, our, when an adult spoke to you, you not only said you stopped what you were doing, but I've had little ones, and I mean little ones, look at me right in the face and go, and go right, I'm like, wait a minute. I came over to you. I didn't just say it to the class, you know, because you could be like, well, she was talking to him. I went to you. And I said, I need you to stop that. And they looked at me, and they went right, right back to what they were doing. Yeah, it's time to retire. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I want to keep my license, Amen. Praise the Lord. But yeah, I just realized, hey, it's different. So here we go into Exodus. Exodus chapter 3 reads like this. 
So now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it didn't burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight. Why does the bush does not burn up? And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Moses said, here I am. And we're going to start here. Let's go back to the book, um, the the chapter uh, two, and I'm not going to read this, but I want you to see this. You know, most of you know the story of Moses. Most of us have watched the Ten Commandments maybe once in your life. I know that was a staple for us every Easter um, because it went along with the Jewish Passover. And so in New York, we always watch the Ten Commandments. Dun, 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 dun. You know, Charlton, Charleston Hestern, right? Charleston Hestern. I know I'm just trying to make sure I said it right. And so... We would always watch it. I mean, we would stay up late because it was like a four-hour, three-hour program, and we would stay up late to watch the Ten Commandments and see how God spoke to Moses. But the, the, the origin story of Moses, or Moses was a child that was born to uh, Israelite, Levite parents. And at the time, the Egyptian Pharaoh was um, destroying the babies. He was killing all the babies, male children, at under the age of two. And so his mother had, he had passed a decree that they couldn't birth these babies, that the, the midwives were supposed to get rid of them, but the midwives wouldn't do it. And so his mother had this baby. And so she hid him as long as she could. And, and we've heard that story. She hid him as long as she could, but when she couldn't hide him anymore, she sent him up the river. And Pharaoh's um, daughter or sister, was it his daughter? His daughter found him and said, you know, I'm going to take this baby. I'll have compassion and I'm going to adopt it and it'll be my child. And so he has this whole story where he was brought up Hebrew, living in the Egyptian household and being raised as Pharaoh's grandchild. And so he was actually in line for the throne. And so God had a specific calling and plan for his life, but no one knew all the plans. But she pulled him out of the water, and he grew up, and he knew that he was Hebrew, but yet he was in the Egyptian household, raised as an Egyptian. So as he gets older, he goes through this, I guess, reckoning, and he sees this Egyptian um, soldier beating on a Hebrew man, and it raised up something within him for the injustice. And so he started looking left and right, and he made sure no one saw him. And when no one was looking, so he thought he killed the Egyptian. And so he was like, you know, there was something that rose up within him, and he killed him, and he thought no one saw. And he went on to, you know, to spare this Hebrew slave. But what happened was the word got out. You know, how many of you know when you do things that no, you think no one else sees? You know, God still sees it. And, you know, the person who was saved saw it, right? So if it's not just you and God, somebody saw. And so the word started getting out, and he got afraid, so he fled. 
And he went to Midian and he left, he left Egypt. He was like, I'm out, peace, I'm out. And so he fled and he thought he could just run away from everything. And so he ended up in a priest's household. And this is where we're picking up because now he's married, he's moved on, he's, he's now, um, you know, like, I'm out of that lifestyle, I've become a sheep herder, I'm going to herd the sheep for my father-in-law, and that's all I'm going to do because I'm a different person, right? I've changed my life. So he's changed his life, his lifestyle, he's out of Egypt, he's no longer in Pharaoh's household, he thinks it's over for him, he's just living the good life, he's got a family, you know, got a wife, got a child, he's, you know, more mature, he's grown up. But as he's tending the flock of Jethro, the Bible says he was, he was leading the flock to the other side of the wilderness, and he came to the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within the bush, within the bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. How many of you know if you saw a bush on fire that did not burn up? you would cut tail and run. You might take a picture of it now on Instagram. You might get some likes and be like, I'm out of here. It looks a little strange, right? There's a bush that's burning, but yet it's on fire, but it's not burning. Now, I might go a little closer to look at it, but, and, and, you know, I might be a little inquisitive, but I don't know if I would stay there. You know, I'm not one of those people, you know, you see a fight breaking out. I might want to look for a second, but this girl's looking from here. This is how I'm going, okay? Just like in all those movies when they say, hey, that looks like a man with a gun. That looks like a man with an ax. He has a mask on his face. Why don't I take a closer look? No, this girl is gone. This girl's like, tell me about it later. See y'all, what happened? Mm-hmm, not me. So Moses goes over, he's got the sheep. Now he's got to watch the sheep, but he goes over and he takes a closer look. And God said, when he saw that he had gone over and took a closer look, God called him from within the bush. When he saw that he came closer, he said, let me call him now. Because he had his attention. He said, I got his attention. Let me go closer. And so I want to really look at this story, oops, a little bit further. And I want to look at how God speaks to us. And then how, thank you, how he how we can answer the call, okay? So I'm, I'm trying to stay within my time limit, but I want to break this down. Is that all right? <laughs> it's our building. Thank you. All right, so here we go. So I want to start with this. The first verse tells us about how God speaks to us. The first thing is, notice that Moses was not on his knees. Notice that Moses was not in a prayer meeting. Notice that Moses wasn't just coming off a 21-day fast. The Bible says while he was tending the sheep, he was doing the work. He was moving. He was living. He was doing his work. He was in 
He was just doing his ordinary work. And God called him. So I want you to recognize that God speaks to us, first of all, when we least expect it. He speaks to us when we least expect it. So it's not going to be just that one spiritual high you had in church. It's not just going to be at a prayer meeting. It's not going to be just at, you know, those, in, those times that we're ready for it. A lot of times it's inopportune. See, God really wants to build a relationship with us. He wants to be a part of your everyday life. He doesn't want to be chucked and put in this little box, which is called our spiritual life. If you realize that he is the God of creation and that he created our lives and that he wants to be a part of everything you do. He wants to be a part of all of your life. He doesn't want you to compartmentalize, well, I'm at work. This is my work life. I'm at, I'm grocery shopping. This is my grocery shopping life. I'm driving in the car. This is my driving life. He wants to be a part of your whole life. And so while Moses was there, he was at, he was tending to the sheep. He was doing the work that he was already done. He said, God spoke and he got his attention. But look what he did. He said, here I am. Here I am. And he responded to God. But then as he continued to respond to God, he says, the Lord starts speaking and giving him qualifications. He said, don't come any closer. He said, take off your shoes. Take off your sandals. For the place where you're standing is holy ground. And I was looking at this. Why did he say? He said, why did he say that? Why is he telling him to take off his shoes? Because God knows who he is, okay? He recognizes his holiness and how different he is from us. And we can't just come to God our way. We have to come his way. And so he was protecting him. He said, no, 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 no. Don't come any closer. Take off your shoes. Why? Your sandals, your shoes carries all the dust from where you've been. Where was Moses? Moses had been in Pharaoh's household. Moses had killed somebody. Moses was a murderer. Moses had ran and fled. Yeah, he was a fugitive. He was wanted. God said, take off your shoes. I need you to take off the places you've been. I, gotta, I need you to take off your accolades. He was the prince of Egypt, they called him. He was going to be Pharaoh's son. He had to take all of that off. Because before God, that doesn't stand. Before God, all of your, all the letters and accolades and everything, none of that stands. So he says, this is holy ground. So you got to take off anything that's not like God, anything that he didn't put on you. You've got to take it all off and get bare before him, and he just wants you. Remember, he created you, right? He made you who you are. He created Moses. Moses was one of the many, the few, sorry, that was not killed by Pharaoh. That decree, God said, I'm making an exception for you. I need you. As a matter of fact, his name means draw out, but it also means 
deliverer. So God had a plan for Moses' life. But not only does he have a plan for Moses' life, did you know he has a plan for all of ours? That each and every one of us has a call from God. That we have been created in Christ Jesus to do great works. Ephesians 2 and 10 talks about how we are created in Christ Jesus to do great, great works. We are called. God has a mission and a call and a purpose for every person sitting in this room. None of us were called without a purpose. Whether we ever acknowledge it or not, that's up to us. But I'm telling you, there is a plan, there's a purpose, and a call, and a mission for each and every one of us. Say, that's me. Our job is to seek it out. Our job is to find out what it is. And so God is speaking, and he's saying, I have a work for you. So he gets his attention. He wants to see if Moses will listen. Many of us, God is speaking but we're not listening or we're not acknowledging. We get a tug. There's something that tugs each and every one of us. You know there's something in there and some of us ignore it. We run from it. But God wants to build a relationship with you. He wants you to turn and say, here I am. He wants us to get in the position where we hear from him, where we listen to him, where we have this relationship, this daily relationship with him, that we get deeper. And so he speaks to us when we least expect it. He's looking for people who will turn towards him, that will we'll, we'll, we'll find will have something in us because he's not looking for those who will run away and be afraid. Notice that when, the, when Moses heard the voice, he didn't run away or ignore it. He said, here I am. He was bold. He was courageous. He said, here I am. He recognized that this is beyond me. One, it's a, a bush that's being burned that I have nothing to do with it and it's not being burned up. Okay, this is a phenomenon, but God, what do you want? Here I am. And so then he told him to take off all that old stuff. Take it off. Just take it off before me. Lay bare. And then God starts to reveal his identity to Moses in verse 6. He says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And now Bibles, the Bible says, and at this, Moses hid his face. I believe that sometimes when we hear the voice of God, it's, you know, like, okay, here I am. I'm bold. I can do that. But then when God reveals who he is, there's something in us that wants to hide our face. And so he hid his face. Oh, my God. I'm a murderer. Oh my God, I'm not worthy. Oh my God, there's no way I could be in your presence. Oh my God, I've heard about you. So he was afraid to look at God, but God, he says, don't let where you've been disqualify you. It doesn't disqualify you from my goodness. I've heard many people say, well, I'll go to church when I get good enough. 
That's when I'm going to get baptized. I won't, I won't get baptized until I'm re- really ready. You can't get good enough to go in God's presence. None of us are good enough. Even our best day, we're filthy rags. So there is no day that you'll ever be good enough to stand before God. No day. You'll never be good enough to hear from God. You'll never be good enough to do anything for God. If you wait for that perfect day, it will never happen. The only way you can be good is by God because he is good. And it's his righteousness that we take on when we get in his presence. His righteousness covers it. When we go before God, it's his righteousness that he sees. He covers us with his righteousness. And so he's called us. We're never going to be good enough. But he was afraid. And so then on verse, he said he was afraid to look at God. He was like, oh, God, no. But notice that that didn't stop God. It didn't stop God. He was humbled. He realized who he was. His, his own Lord, I know my sin. I know what I do. I know who I am. I know who I am behind closed doors. I know what no one else knows about me. But that doesn't stop God. That doesn't stop God. And so for all of those who feel like they're disqualified from being used by God, I want to let you know you are free. You are free. God wants to use you. God has called you from before you were in your mother's womb. He anointed you. He put his hands on you. He desires to use you. He put a plan and purpose in your life, for your life. And he wants to use you. And the first part is we always start with a go. And so he starts speaking to Moses and he says, verse 10, so now go. Notice where he takes him. Did it take him to a whole new land? I'm going to take you to a whole new world. He said, no. He said, go. I'm sending you back. Back. Where did you just come from? Where did you flee from? You left Egypt, didn't you? Go. Because a lot of us want to remove ourselves from where we came from. We want to take off the stench. We don't, we don't have to look like where we came from, but we run away from the place we were because of shame and guilt. But that's exactly where God wants you. That's where he wants you to serve. He wants you to serve other people like you. Now that you've seen the light, he said, now turn and tell them. So he sends you, he says, go. He told him, he says, now, so now go. I'm sending you back to Pharaoh. Back in his, the same place where he was prince of Egypt. He says, and bring the Israelites that same burning passion that he had when he, he, was, he stood up against the Egyptian soldier that hurt the Hebrews. He had a passion that says, I can't do injustice. 
And so he said, I'm going to use you now in that same place. Let me show you how to utilize that passion and that, that desire I've already given you. Let me show you how this time, instead of you doing it in your might and your strength, I will show you how. And he sends him back to Pharaoh's house, back to Egypt, back to the same place that he fled from. He says, now go. And the first thing we do, a, a lot of times, uh, if you read on, and I, and, and I didn't put it all in here, but Moses, the first thing he goes, well, wait. He was like, hold on. He said, uh, did you say you want me to go? I heard you, God. But he said, suppose I go to the Israelites, and they said, you know, the God of your fathers is, and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me, and they ask me, what is your name? And he, he said, what should I tell them? And he goes on and he tells, the Lord tells him his name. He says, I am that I am. I am that I am. And he starts speaking to him and tells him who he is. But more than that, did you notice that he starts asking all these questions? You know, oh God, before I go, who should I tell him sent me? And then God, why are you want to use me? Didn't you know I have a stuttering problem? And God says, did you know I created your mouth? Did you know that I knew that before you knew that? That I understood you had a stuttering problem and that's why I want to use you? Because you're not perfect. Because you're not God's gift. You know what I mean? Like the perfection. Because you have issues and because you have weaknesses and because you do have problems, I want you. Because you'll be reliant on me. Because you'll seek me. Because you have a capacity for more. God is looking for people who have a capacity for more. Who will be relying on him. He wants to build relationships with you. So he, he calls us. So he speaks to us when we least expect it. And he calls us to a mission, which is your due. But how many of you know that's not enough? God doesn't want just transactional relationship. He doesn't want you just to be doing stuff for him. He wants to build a relationship with you. He wants to expand you so that you can take more of him. You know, um, when, I, I, I think it's funny, my husband and I, when we were teenagers, how we got so close, and how we didn't even go to the same church, we didn't live in the same city. Our church is fellowship. Do you know how the churches would go to one church to the other? So my, pre my pastor used to preach at his, his church in the afternoons on 4 o'clock, and I would go. And then his church would come to us. You know how they fellowship together. And we were young, and then I remember one day he called me, and I, we were friends. We were a group of friends. And he said, will you be my prayer partner? See, that was how you slide into the DMs back then. I know it now. I didn't know it then. But he slid into my DMs. He caught me on my frequency because I was a prayer girl. I love to pray. So he was like, you know, they told us at church we needed a prayer partner. So I want you to be my prayer partner. Little did he know what was going to transpire in his life. His life was going to change for the better. Because he didn't know who he was praying with. 
Right? If you don't know, who else does? You better know who you are. And I know I had a prayer relationship with God. And so when he, he said, do you want to be my prayer partner? And I was like, yeah, I'll be your prayer partner. And so we prayed. And we prayed for a while, like a, a year. Like anything that would come up in our lives, we were praying with one another, you know. But then, you know, you, a lot of times when you're starting a relationship with somebody, you give them a little something, right? You don't give them your whole life in one minute. If you do, most people be like, thank you. <laughs> and now we go, what is that? T-M-I. Too much information. So that's how God is with us. He doesn't give us T-M-I. Because he knows we can't handle it. But he wants to build this relationship with us. And that's why he starts speaking to us when we least expect it. Because he doesn't want you to think it's just about when you're on your knees. Or just about when you're in church. Or just when you're singing a worship song. He wants you to know that I'm God regardless of what's going on around you. And if you can hear me in all the cacophony and all the noise, if you can hear me when there's all these distractions around me and you can still turn, I know I got you. And so when you're building relationship with someone, you start giving them a little bit. Let me see how they do with that. Can they handle this? Oh, they did really well. They didn't run away. And so he starts building this relationship with Moses. And Moses starts having this conversation with God. Do you know who I am? Did you see where I came from? What am I going to say? How do I do? And he says, hmm, yep, I know all of that. Check, check, check. And, and? and I'm going to go with you. He says, well, what do you have in your hands, Moses? He said, I got a rod. Use the rod. Well, I don't have a mouth. Use your brother. He's coming. He, he answered every question. He was letting them know, I'm God. I got this. But the biggest part was, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to, you're not going alone. You're going in my might. You're not going for yourself. I'm doing this through you. And so there was a relationship that was being built between Moses and God. And see, God wants to build not only a relationship, he wants to deepen our relationship. As we are in Christ, there's, our relationship with Christ should be deeper today than it was 10 years ago. Every year, there should be another level of surrender, another level of relationship, another level of understanding who God is. If you're in the same place you were when you first got saved, something needs to change. Something needs to change. There's a maturity God wants to do in us. He's called us for something, but it's not just your hands. He wants your heart too. He wants all of you. Remember, he made you. And until we turn back and say, God, what did you make me for? Why am I here? And I'm going to tell you right now, there's so many people who never get to that point. They're satisfied with Knowing Jesus as Savior, check. I'm satisfied with knowing God can save me, and if I get to heaven's door, he'll open the door for me. But they never understand how to live with him on earth. They don't know how to live in his presence on earth. They don't know how to hear his voice daily. They don't know how to be in his presence. And God is calling each of us to serve in a way, not just with our hands, but with our heart and with our ears and our feet. There's an obedience that God is looking for all of us. And he said, I called you. Are you curious? 
Are you even curious as to what? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? And what are you going to do through me? There are miraculous things that God can do for you. And as Moses learned, man, we still talk about the Ten Commandments. And we talk about the Ten Plagues. Or Don't we talk about that still? It's still miraculous. Because God took him to a level he never thought he would ever go. And when you walk with God, you will be on a journey that you have never, ever dreamed about. You'll see yourself in places that you've never thought your feet would trod. You would never even be able to imagine. But he can't tell it to us all at once because we can't handle it. So like even when my husband and I became prayer partners, we had no idea the plan of God. I had no idea this was going to be my husband ever. It wasn't even in my mind. We were like 16. Pray for me. We were like teenagers. I didn't know. I had no clue that that prayer partner was going to be my husband. That I could trust him with my prayers. That I could trust him with my deepest desires. Because at first it was like, oh, just pray for my day. Just like how we pray. God bless me. Bless my food. Bless my work. Bless me as I drive. But then as you become reliant and you build, you're like, he did that. I asked for a parking spot and he gave it to me. So, oh, I'm going to ask again, right? So as you see him moving in your life, you go, you know, I'm going to ask him about some other things. You know, Lord, and I, I'm good because I ask him all the time, Lord, what should I wear today? And he'll show me. Thank you. Anybody? Yeah, I do that. Lord, what should I wear today? And, but it becomes a relationship. He doesn't want to be shut out of your life when you're doing your thing. The thing that you think you got under control, the thing that you think you have good. You know, God wants to even be in your strengths, not just your weaknesses. He'll use all of it, but he wants you and he wants all of you. So he began to use Moses in this miraculous way. And we see this whole strategy, how God is using him, how he's called each of us. I can see us in it. But even with my husband, it was not until about two years later that all of a sudden it was time for dating. And we felt this pull to each other. And we were like, oh, my God. So what did we do? Now, I knew I was attracted to him, and I knew I liked him. He knew the same thing about me. It was not like something heavenly speak. Nope. He was fine. He was my type. And he was godly. And I knew that because I had prayed with him. See, I knew who he was because I was, over time, I had been praying with him. So I knew the character of this person because it was over time. So I knew his character. He knew mine. And we knew that we prayed about everything. So when it was time to get together, the first thing we did was we prayed about it. Lord, because I wasn't one of those I hate mess. I hate drama. I like peace. 
So everybody around me in high school was having these relationships and I had a friend, she would spend five hours getting made up every day. She'd come to school in her heels, she would look all, but honey, let her have a breakup. It was a whole different person. And I'm like, what's happening to you? Well, I had a breakup. I was like, okay, can't do that. See that? I'll stay alone. I will be by myself. And that's how I, don't do drama. I will be by myself and I'm okay with it. And I was. Now, I wanted to be married and I wanted a family and I wanted, I mean, I did. I really did, but I didn't want it like that. So I was like, no, thank you. So when we got together, we prayed about it because I was like, I'm not doing all of this drama. Uh, break up today, break up I can't do that. So if we're going to get together, I want a relationship that's going to glorify God in something I haven't seen before. And that was my prayer. I was like, I don't want what I see because I have yet to see Christian or non, anybody that has a relationship that's solid, that's, sta that's stable. Can you just show me stability here? And I was like, no, thank you. And so we prayed and we felt the release of God. Yeah, let's do this. And so we were like, okay, we're going to do this. Now it was hard. It wasn't easy. It was, you know, it's like, oh God, we're going from friendship to how's that going to work and all of that. God's like, I, sh I got this. I'll show you. Well, about six months in, here we are a little bit further. We're like, you know what? I like you. Not only do I like you, I love you. And I don't think I want to be with anybody else. He said the same thing. Now, I could have said that and he'd be like, um, I have some options. <laughs> but when he said it back, I knew. I was like, yeah, this is a good this is a good thing. And so as we developed this relationship, there were more intimacies, things that we learned about each other. There were things I learned about him that I didn't know when I first started praying with him. Because over time, you develop that. You, you don't give everybody everything at first. You're going to give them pieces. Let me see how you do with this. Then let me give you this and see how you do with this. If you can't handle this, I know that's enough. That's how God is with us. He will call who's turning. He's going to look to see who's going to turn and come a little closer. I'm calling you. Will you come closer? I'm calling you. Let's see if they inquire a little further. If they're curious about me, they want more of me. And so they're look, he's looking for those who are curious to know more. Because many of us will live our lives every day and never know why we were born. But God has called us into this earth to live for him. And, and let me tell you, every time I speak, it's probably going to come out because I truly believe that we were called for a purpose, that we were born for a purpose. I know that if I don't say anything else, that you were born for purpose. God had a plan and a purpose for you, and my job is to make sure everybody knows about it. And if I can help you to develop that, that's me. I love seeing people live intentional lives on purpose. I love to see people find their purpose, live for it, 
and do exactly what they were called to do, born to do. You know, so you're going to hear it from me. So I'm telling you, God has so much more for you. He has so much he wants to do in your life. So even in each of our lives, I'm going to get ready to close this out. But let me tell you, don't be afraid to seek him. God speaks to us least when we least expect it. He's looking for those who are going to turn after him. Come a little closer. Draw nigh to me, the Bible says, and I will draw nigh to you. And then he wants to have this relationship where he builds this trust and he deepens your capacity. And he's there. He's present with you. He's like, I'm there. I promise you. Moses kept asking him and always would say, but are you going to be with me? These are your people. You know what's going on. He would say, I'm there. I'm with you. I'm going to give you my presence. I'm going to give you my power. I'm going to show you who I am. And then in Exodus 33, I just want to show you how beautiful this is, this relationship with God. In Exodus 33 and 9, it says this. Now, this is after all the miracles. This is after the people are delivered. And this is after Moses is leading the people of Egypt and they're waiting for more information from God and they're waiting for more direction. He, the Bible says, and as Moses went into the tent, this is his dwelling place, his home, the, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. They had a conversation, but it was so evident that everybody knew, oh, my God, Moses is in the presence of the Lord. They didn't come nearby. No one came nearby because they saw physically the cloud that would descend. Can you imagine having such a relationship that everybody going, she's in the presence of the Lord. I am not interrupting her. There's a presence. And then verse 11 says, and the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. If I could say anything to you is there's more. Look a little closer. There's more. God wants to do more in you. God wants to do more with you. For those of us who answer the call, he wants to do more. And let me tell you, it's not always, listen, fear is a real thing. But he doesn't say tremble not. He doesn't say shake not. But he doesn't want you to flee. It's not about like, well, I felt fear. It's okay to fear Feel fear, but don't run. Feel fear, but don't hide. You can feel fear, but do it anyway. Joyce Myers coined it. She said, do it afraid. When God speaks, listen. When God speaks, answer. When God speaks, do what he says. When God speaks, continue to build the relationship because Moses, if you notice, he went from God having to speak in a bush 
to God speaking face to face. Moses was one of the few that got to see the glory of God. If you read more in that chapter, you see he said, God, I want to see you. You keep saying I got favor. He didn't have a clue. He said, you keep saying I have favor, but I want to see you. He said, you say we're like besties, but I want to see you. I want to see all of you. You see all of me. I want you to see all of me. I mean, I want to see all of you. And, and as he says this, the Lord says, listen, if I, if I showed you who I was, you'd have to die. You know how they say in these movies, if I, told, I would tell you, but if I tell you, I have to kill you. He said, I'd love to show you who I am, Moses, but you can't handle it. The truth, you can't handle the truth. You can't handle it. We can't handle all of God. But we, the body, we can handle more of God. And he wants to deepen that capacity for each of us to have him in us and to be used on the earth. You know, it's his earth, it's his kingdom, it's his plan. And so he desires more done on the earth. We're his hands, we're his feet. Are you available? Are you available? Are you ready? Will you answer? Will you answer? And say, God, here I am. Here I am. Send me. You may stand on your feet. I think this is enough for now. Oh, bless his name. This morning, I'm praying that God will deepen in each of us a hunger, putting the hunger in each of us to, to cry out for more and ask God to deepen our relationship with him that we wouldn't just have a surface relationship. See, I would have never got married to this man if it was a surface relationship. If all I could do was smile and I couldn't show my, my weak sides and my bad sides and my ugly sides, there was no way I would marry him because that surface. God wants a relationship with you where you, he can show you more. Not just the blessings, not just the parking lot, not just to heal your body when you feel a cold or an ache. He wants a relationship with you. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we submit our lives to you. God, for every person under the sound of my voice, will you do something? Lord, wherever we are in our walk, will you help us to take another step further, another step closer to you, deepen our capacity for you, Jesus. Open us up to stand still a little longer and wait for your voice. Lord, help us to get rid of the busyness so we can hear from you, God. God, there's something that you've called for each and every one of us to do. Will you show us? And then, Lord, when you show us, will you help us to say yes? Father, we yield to you now. And we thank you for your presence. In the name of Jesus, we pray.